Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Craig Ellingson, sports editor at the Edmonton Journal and the Edmonton Sun. And this is our Oilers podcast for March 24th, 2017. With me on the phone from Denver is Jim Matheson, our Hockey Hall of Fame writer. Hi there, Matty. How are you doing, Craig? I'm good. And, uh, you're waiting for a flight back to Edmonton uh, the night after uh, the Oilers' comeback win over the last place avalanche. It was 7-4 final, but you know the Oilers... Uh, you know those first two periods uh, wasn't their best wasn't their best play this year. No, they outscored their mistakes. Uh, it much looked like last year's Dallas Stars, where Dallas scored a lot of goals and came up lots and managed to win the games. And the Oilers uh, very poor first forty minutes, and then they took advantage of a team in the third period that is the worst team in the National Hockey League and can't can't keep a lead. And much like the Oilers last year and the year before, when the Oilers weren't a good team. And uh, they took advantage, scored five goals in the third period. That's the first time in eons uh, that the Oilers have scored five goals in a row in in a period. So uh, they came back. It was not, as you pointed out, one of the Oilers' finer efforts defensively. And I think the last two games, really, the Oilers have started to show some some leaks. I think Cam Talbot got pulled in both games uh, in Anaheim. Uh, four and eighteen shots, uh, four and fifteen shots in Denver. One bad goal, I think, in, in Anaheim. Uh, Patrick Eve's goal. But for the most part, I thought the order of defense kept backing in on them and didn't give them a whole lot of, of help. And certainly, two of the goals last night in, in Denver by Miko Ranton and the big finish uh, winger were just one-time blast. That he had no chance on whatsoever. So yeah, the Oilers have to, you know, shore it up for uh, they get into the playoffs. And I think they're in the playoffs now unless they go for a complete uh, collapse. So I think the coaches would rather see those two nothing games they had against uh, uh, Vancouver and Los Angeles than having to score five goals in the third period against uh, Colorado. You know, just thinking back to the Anaheim game on Wednesday, you know the difference between the Ducks' defense and the Oilers' defense was quite was quite striking, quite stark. You know, the Oilers could not seem to get into the slot in front of uh, Jonathan Bernie, the Ducks' goalie. But on the other side, you know, obviously Talbot did get pulled in the second period. Um, yeah, he got pulled after two periods last night as well. But you know, the Oilers couldn't seem to contain the Ducks on the on the other side. No, that's true. I think the Ducks. 
second period looked like a team that played a lot of playoff games, and the Oilers players have hardly played any, and the Ducks had a very poor first period. Somehow they got out of it 2-2 because the Oilers made a critical mistake in the last minute of the first to let the Ducks score. And then second period, the Oilers just collapsed, and the Ducks did whatever they wanted to do. And for the most part, you know, it could have been up by more than a couple of goals, to be honest. But uh, Swat came in and was very good, so they managed to keep it keep it going. So I don't think the Oilers will play that way tomorrow night against uh, Anaheim. They better not, for the coach's sake, because the coach wasn't very happy last night uh, in Edmonton. Not the call after the game. He took the win, but he wasn't very happy. Now, of course, these last two games, you know, and the, you know, those back-to-back games, Wednesday and Thursday, come, as you've already mentioned, off a pair of 2 nothing shutout performances by the Oilers. You know, masterful, I would say, against the Kings, beating them 2-0. Um, you know, and Talbot, of course, in net for both those games. But, you know, you, you look at the Oilers play last night and, of course, in Anaheim, but even last night against Colorado in the first two periods, it's almost like they couldn't make a pass. Uh, you know, the passing wasn't crisp, but it wasn't there. Obviously, Colorado took advantage and uh, went to that 4-2 lead after two periods. How do we explain the uh, the differences between, you know, the orders in those 2 nothing games and then these last two games? Uh, that's for the coaches to understand, not the sports writers. I don't know. <laughs> They're the ones that have to I know, it it's a very hard question. I'm uh, I know. Uh, I do wonder. You know, it's a long season. I, I You know, part of it is... I'm sure the Oilers figured, okay, they're playing the worst team in the league and they can play whatever, however they want to play because they'll beat Colorado. Uh, Colorado's only won 20 games all year, so uh, they probably looked at the standings and said they weren't going to, but they did. And, I, and uh, you know, defensively, I, I didn't think in either game the Oilers' first defense pair of, of Clefbaum and Larson was great. Maybe the first period in, in Anaheim they were pretty good, but after that I didn't think they were great. But Andre Sekera uh, and Chris Russell were really good last night. They were the best defense pair. And they didn't get a lot of help from their forwards. There were some you know, back-checking errors, uh, certainly in Denver, uh, which you know led to Patrick Maroon, the Oilers' Masterton Trophy nominee, starting on the first line for the first period and then winding up on the fourth line for the rest of the game. And, Todd McClellan juggled all those lines, and Leon Dreisel didn't have a very good defense in the first period either. Uh, he got moved on to another line with Ryan Ridge and Hopkins. So sometimes their 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 minds wander. I mean, it's you can hammer in the defensive responsibility thing all you want. Sometimes in, in the game, you just forget that you're supposed to check players as well as score goals, and that's what happened certainly last night in. in uh, in Denver, where they, I think the Oilers figured they could win the game any way they wanted to, and as it turned out, they won 7-4, but it wasn't a 7-4 game by any stretch. It just said that the final scoreboard, it was a much closer game than that. Now, I suppose, you know, me asking the previous question, why, you know, I guess we got asked that question anytime a team loses, why didn't they, why didn't they win that game? They won the previous game. I mean, no team, no team ever goes 82-0 and zero in the season, of course. You know, we're, Might we're getting happen. pretty critical of the Oilers who've got 89 <laughs> points. Exactly, uh, yes. You know, and know. they still have eight games to play, and if they win half those games, they're going to get close to 100. So, you know, to me it looks like it's a battle between Anaheim and Edmonton to see who gets home ice advantage. 
okay. Uh, but, you know, I think these are lessons that the coaches can hammer home to the players that you may think you're good and the points keep racking up, but there's, there's fissures that happen in the game, facts that the coaches don't like and the players better improve upon uh, if they want to play in the playoffs because they can't play that leaky defensively and then and leave their goalies out to dry and certainly tell that while he keeps saying he's not physically tired, he looks mentally tired now. I would suspect he's more mentally tired after starting 67 games and Lorenzo Swash should get the start uh, Saturday against the worst team in the league and I think he's deserved it. Yeah, talk, tell me about uh, Brossois' play. Um, obviously, he came in last night in the third period, only faced six shots. But you know, he played more against Anaheim and, and didn't let in a goal as well. You know, how did he look to you? Very good. Uh, he had not seen a minute of action since uh, the twenty, you know, first of February when he played in Tampa, uh, and yeah, he got a start loss four to one. And they didn't trade for a backup goalie at the trading deadline. Most of us thought they would, a more experienced backup goalie. And then they just almost like the coaches forgot about him. They wanted to get into the playoffs. They figured they'd ride Cam Talbot so they could clinch a playoff spot no matter what. And like the game in Denver, you would think that on a back-to-back they might go to Brassois, but they came back with Talbot. So Brassois has paid his dues. He's hung around. He's practiced hard. And... And he showed the coaches, I think, especially in Anaheim, that that he still got quite a bit of game because Anaheim had of their 16 shots over the last half of the game. I would say at least eight of them are terrific opportunities to score a goal, and he didn't give any, give up any. And he let the owners get back, you know, get within a goal at the end of the game. So he's proved the owners, coaching staff, uh, the owners' coaching staff, that he can probably start some games now, and I think he'll start against. Colorado, and maybe you start one or two more games before the season's over. Um, good for him because I, you know, I don't think you can play Talbot every game. You may the feeling is you might want to, but you can't. And if Brissot plays in Edmonton, it will be the first time since December fourth uh, when Jonas Gustafsson got a start that anybody other than Cam Talbot has started a game at home. So they've had 36 home games. Cam Talbot has started 35 of them. So Gustafsson lost them in a note on December. Now, you mentioned Patrick Maroon being nominated for the Masterton Trophy. Um, and, of course, that's the Professional Hockey Writers Association's Edmonton chapter basically offering him up as the nominee. Um, you know, he is, he's a deserving... I mean, obviously, he's had quite the season. Uh, his, he easily bested his goal total from last year, which was his you know, best offensive output. Uh, with Anaheim and Edmonton with 12 goals. This year he has, is at 26 now, on the way to 30, hopefully. Um, he's a deserving, he's, a, he's an interesting story this year, of course, but deserving of being nominated for it. Yeah, he is. Uh, you know, there could have been, there were some other candidates in there, uh, Zach Cassie and Mark Potescu. Uh, could just as easily have gotten the nod, I think, this year. But uh, Patrick Maroon, he's doubled his, his output of last year when he had 12 in Edmonton and Anaheim. He could score 30, and I think this year he's, he's shown that he can be a regular contributor on, on, a, on a good line and play consistently throughout. He didn't have a very good game in, in uh, Denver, for sure. That was one of the worst games he's played in a long, long time. 
late, got more uh, diligent uh, with his, his training regimen and, and tried to play consistently well when given a chance. He's pretty much covered all the bases. He scored goals, been able to play with Connor McDavid, uh, and while that's a, a gift from God playing with Connor McDavid right now, he's, he's shown that he can put the pucks away when he has a chance, and he's also fought lots. So he's, he's protected people, and he scored, and it's a good story. Now, before I let you go and find your boarding pass, Maddie, uh, one more thing I wanted to mention. Obviously, uh, Connor McDavid is is you know, at the top of the scoring race, and he keeps padding his totals. He's now six points ahead of Sidney Crosby. Now, of course, last night, you know, it was a comeback win for the Oilers. They didn't play as well in the first two periods. And even though it might have been a quiet night for Connor McDavid, he still collects two assists on the nights. Uh it's looking more and more here. You know, we're all we're down to the brass tacks of the season, and uh, he's on the edge of maybe getting the Art Ross Trophy as the, as the top scoring player in the league. Yeah, he's opened up a little bit of uh, uh, room on Sidney Crosby and Patrick Kane after you know neck and neck there for for some time. So he's got some breathing room now. You're right. He didn't have a great game last night, but he still got two points. And I can remember Wayne Gretzky being the same. You know, you'd say, you know, that wasn't Wayne's finest effort at the end of the night. You get two or three points because we've got the puck a lot. You know, one of the points last night was an assistant and an empty netter. But he also won a faceoff to get the puck to uh, Jordan Eberle for a goal, uh, which was the tying goal in the third period, too. So, he, you know, that was a nice play. So, you're right. He's picking up points because he's Connor McDavid. And if he, I think if he wins the scoring title, he's got a great chance to also win the MVP. If he doesn't win the scoring title, I think the MVP will go to Sidney Crosby. That's my feeling. Usually the guy who wins the scoring championship is also the MVP. And uh, it was Patrick Kane last year in Chicago, and he won the scoring title. And I think Connor wins the scoring title, and the orders finish second or third uh, in their division and get close to 100 points. I think Connor McDavid can get the daily double. And of course, Gretzky was the last Oiler to win an Art Ross, and that was 30 years ago. I know Oiler's got 100 points and Doug Wade, so I don't know if Connor's going to get 100 points and have to go get 13 points in the last day, which I guess is certainly possible, but Doug Wade's the last Oiler to get 100 points. He got 104 points uh, in the 90s, so yeah, it's a long time ago. He even got 100 points on an Art Ross cross trophy, but 104 points back in those days was All right, Maddie. Well, we'll leave it at that and uh, let you go and uh, get ready to board that plane. All right. Thank you, Craig. All right. Thank you, Maddie.